On November 9th, 2018, I started a Facebook blog page, Zero Shame 40s, as an homage to my shame-focused therapy. And for some reason, people liked it. And here we are. The page is all about me, Lacey J. But the podcast is all about you. Season one, my friends and family agreed to chat with me about their unique lives. Everyone has a story, if you're willing to listen. Hey, everybody. We're back week four for part two of Life with Multiple Sclerosis with my friends Morgan and Christy and Rose. But first, it's Ben. Hi. (laughs) What are you really excited about this week, Ben? I know you want to tell everybody. I'm excited about... I mean, a couple things. Oh, you, you got a haircut and you were really excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my first, my first actual haircut in more than a year. I actually looked when I was, when I was booking it, it said I had 432 days since my last haircut. It was, it was pretty fucking ugly. I'm not going to lie. Like it <laughs> yeah. was, it was really, really wooly. Like it was just long everywhere, way longer than my hair has been in a long time. And in the back, it was. I got to wear hats and it was just like blowing out the back. It, well, looked, it looked ridiculous. Like it did look like a mullet. Yeah. I know. And you finally. Not a finely groomed mullet though, you know. No. That, and it's not like you didn't try to get a haircut during the pandemic, but the, the woman who you like to cut your hair is in an establishment in the office building where you have not been working. And she actually so, just got back into town like two or three days ago. She was down okay. in Orange County for the last year. Well, so you tried to go to a couple other places and it just did not work no. out. So then you just were like, well, I'm just quitting this until we, yeah. uh, we're going back to work, you know, in the office or whatever. Yeah. And um, I had to beg you not to because I could barely look at you anymore because yeah. you looked fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> My wife was basically laughing at me every time she saw me. She didn't. Yeah. She didn't want to touch me. No, that's it's not uh, true. <laughs> actually, actually, I think it is because you said a few times you're like, I just can't deal with you right now. I cannot deal with the way you look. You look ridiculous. <laughs> I did say that. you said that multiple times, <laughs> I and I because you did. and I carry the scars still. Stop it. No, <laughs> you know what? Chicken it's butt. Much, it's much better now. Thank you. <laughs> All right, a few things. God, we just sort of went right into that, huh? Um, yeah, the, the real important stuff of the week. <laughs> couple things. Um, thank you to everyone who came over and listened to our episode one of Mowage, available on whatever you're listening to this podcast on right now. Um, that was awesome. And thank you to the people who also subscribed to Patreon dot com slash zero shame 40s because i guess you want those special episodes of both this podcast and mowage um for just three dollars a month so coming over there um all right that's out of the way what else is going on this week you had something you wanted to talk about today you told me oh about the uh about the chinese rocket yeah yeah they they launched a rocket and they're um I guess their 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 rubbish removal systems not nearly as 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 good as what we're doing in the uh, in the Western Hemisphere. But they have this rocket that they launched. And now the whole thing it's just kind of in a degrading orbit, tumbling, and it's going to make an uncontrolled descent. Um, that's a technical ger- term for crashing into the Earth. People should um, know, like listeners, you should know that Ben is obsessed with space and rockets. And uh, he actually knows what he's talking about. And he's genuinely excited about this rocket that's going to be crashing yeah. to Earth. 
Yeah, I, and the reason the reason why is like one something that big, um, like it's going to break up mostly in the atmosphere, but it's it's also there's a chance that it's going to. I mean, it's going to land somewhere. What what's left of it is going to land somewhere, and because they launch from lower latitudes because of orbital rotation, means it's going to be within like twenty degrees north or south of the equator, which means um, most likely will land in the ocean. But there are areas where it could land, like Florida. Yeah, there are certain. Golf course, country clubs yeah. that could be annihilated yeah. if we all yeah. think hard enough about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a it is a non-zero chance. Like, oh, you know what? By the time this airs, it could have hit though. We are we are recording this little intro yesterday morning. I guess is the way I should say I think that. It's, I think they don't exactly know. That's the problem with the uncontrolled descents like this. They don't have like telemetry that can tell them exactly when it's going to be entering the upper atmosphere. So it's just tumbling. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway. I've clearly had my fingers crossed for a certain location. That would <laughs> be kind of poetic if it was a Chinese rocket. China. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Okay. So what else in the, in the world of politics this week is driving me crazy? Is It looks like the GOP is going to oust Lynn Cheney. Or, excuse me. Uh, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. I don't know why I wanted to call her Lynn. Uh Because she dares to say out loud that Trump actually lost the election because there is a decent portion of our population that is completely fucking brainwashed. They live in the upside down. They have detached from reality and they're coming for fucking Liz Cheney. So I have some stats here. Liz Cheney's voting record. She's voted. She voted with the former guy, 92.9% of the time, 92.9% of the time. So this woman that they're, that they're putting in there, she's sworn fealty to him after being known as a moderate, Elise Stefanik. She voted with Trump 77.7% of the time. They don't care anymore. They don't care about facts. They don't care about reality. They apparently don't even care who is politically aligned with the the ideas ideas that that were coming out of the <laughs> Trump administration no it doesn't matter you just have to swear fealty and 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 worship the the ego Kiss maniac the yeah exactly and and then and then you get elevated to the top josh hawley my favorite walking piece of shit to, to He's got a very punchable face I, yeah i don't know yeah no i do I'm, yeah i'm saying uh, i'm getting worked up guys josh hawley came out and said that Liz liz cheney is out of step with the gop voters josh hawley voted with trump 86.7 percent of the time less than Liz Cheney. They don't care. They don't care about policy. They care. They don't have policy, so it's not really anything that they that they worry about. It's all theater at it's, this point. Yep. They care about nothing but the bootlicking. It's like a reality show. These are these it's it's the reality show mentality. They just want to be famous and they want to be connected to the It's like it's, a, it's like being in a Southern Baptist church. I don't know what that means. It's like well when I was young, obviously I grew up in Texas and oh, we had people in the family that were that were Baptists, uh Southern Baptists and I you know there was I don't remember where um we were out in outside of Dallas somewhere on on a Sunday. I had stayed with like a kind of like a cousin of mine. And uh we went to church. 
whatever. And then they were, they were going through something and I asked a question. I asked a question. Something didn't make sense to me, you know, cause I, I was always a question asker and it was immediate. Like I was, I was immediately, they didn't, these people didn't know me, but I was like a pariah immediately. Cause I asked a question about like, well, what, you know, if God did this, then I don't even remember what it was, but it's the same sort of deal. If you dare question that right there is dangerous thinking, it's dangerous thinking. <laughs> and you, yeah. you know, you should be uh, run out on a rail or that's the nature crucified. of, of cult-like behavior i mean this is pretty bad and i'm a little bit worried about what's (laughs) this like scientology it's the same type of shit you know anything anything that's a threat they just attack it yeah i listened to a really good podcast about scientology here's some free advertising as if their audience needs me (laughs) but (laughs) it's a podcast uh, it's called fair game and it has leah remini is one of the hosts and they talk about scientology it's really fucking fascinating actually this week it's happening. We're getting fully vaccinated. <laughs> oh, yes. In two days for me and four days for you. Oh, man. And then we got that, you know, a few weeks. We we will still stay away from people as Hit recommended. The gym. Hit the gym like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, no, we have to stay home in that time. Our gym. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have equipment we, we have in the gym. Garage. Yeah, yeah. Derp. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anywho's, uh, Memorial Day. It's, it's on. It's yeah. It's on. I'm going to see real people yeah. on Memorial Day yeah. weekend and I'm fucking ready. We will be IDing people at the door. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I you know, when, when we do our summer shindigs, we are, you're absolutely like, you better have your ID. You better no, come, you better come ID. proper. No, but I will. I am. We are planning on having, so your Vax card, whatever. Yes, not IDs, but uh, we're actually having a get together at the end of July, and we're throwing a big birthday bash for all the missed birthdays through COVID. It's two so it's for me, basically. Yeah, it was two for you. So it, basically, everyone who attends, it's going to be their birthday party. Yeah. Um, and I'm more absolutely requiring people to have their vaccine cards because we have friends who will have a newborn baby there, and yeah. we're gonna protect the newborn baby by making sure everyone else is vaccinated. So, uh, yeah, that's actually not a joke. I mean, not IDing, but yeah, we, we are going to expect people to be vaccinated and that's just all there is to that. So, all right, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, and here comes part two. If you guys liked part one and I know you liked part one, cause I heard you're going to love part two of life with MS. It gets really real and really funny and really touching. And uh, here you go. Part two, life with multiple sclerosis with Morgan and Christy and Rose. everybody we're back this week with part two of life with ms with my three friends morgan and christy and rose if you haven't listened to part one then i don't know why you're listening to part two that doesn't make any sense stop and go back and listen to part one let's think about actually let's say hi how's everybody doing 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> Nobody else, just Rose is good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'm sufficient. Oh, that's a good, great answer. I mean, especially after a year plus of COVID. Adequate. If you, yeah, if you're like, I'm sufficient, I'm going, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been sufficient on some of my uh, better days through through COVID. I need to do an episode on, on like alcoholism and isolation. <laughs> I feel like there's, is anybody else agree with me on that one? Rose is nodding. Cheers, Morgan. (laughs) Morgan's got a red solo cup. I just want you all to know that. Um, So, yeah, that's not what this episode is about. But (laughs) everyone listening is going, yeah, I did that too. All right. So when we left off last week, um, we had talked about your initial diagnosis leading up to it, how you were feeling about those diagnoses. We touched a little bit on symptoms, but right now we're going to dive headfirst into that. And what I have gathered from knowing the three of you um, is that there is a plethora of sort of unseen, silent to the rest of us, symptoms and effects that people with multiple sclerosis live with on essentially a minute-to-minute basis in some cases. So who wants to start with their sort of laundry list of shit that happens to you? You're all staring. It's uh, Rose. I'm calling on Rose. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I I volunteer Rose's tribute. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so um, I call every day an adventure. Um, I have woken up some mornings and have been mostly blind. I have woken up and not been able to remember my children's names, um, which is kind of odd because typically your long-term memory is not affected by MS, but that can also be a thing. So you, you'd be like, okay, I know these are my kids, but I just can't access that uh, yeah. information. Yeah. That's wild. Um, and my children are 19 and 20 now. So they were in their teen years when I got diagnosed in those pivotal teen years. Um, and so it was hard to have a sick mom that didn't know from day to day what she was dealing with. Um, at this point and throughout most of this, all of my symptoms have been cognitive, which means that my lesions exist in my brain and not in my spinal column. Um, I have had numbness in my face, my legs, my arms, hands, and lost some of that fine motor skill in my hands um, temporarily. But at this point, I can still walk. I run. I hike a lot. Um, so it hasn't affected me in that way but it has affected my memory, which is really hard for me because I've always had a great memory prior. Um, My speech, my personality most. Um, Yeah, so let's dive into that some more because we touched on it in the last episode, and I think uh, obviously it can be corrected if I am wrong, Morgan and Christy, but I feel like just from knowing the three of you that rose, you have definitely had the most dramatic mood issues. Is that right? Can you explain yeah. that? What What is that like and how persistent of a problem is that? For I feel like most of it has to deal with the fact that my body hurts chronically every day 
and being in chronic pain definitely puts you into depression, um, which is a hard hole to dig out of, especially if you don't realize what's going on. I am single. It has affected my dating life significantly because you're not just dating me. You're also dating my disease, which may or may not be a problem at the time. Um, and I'm good at faking it, but you can only fake it so long. Um, well, and the closer someone gets to you, the less you can fake it. I know. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from because I am married to someone who has to deal with my mental illness. And it has been dramatic at times, things that people just don't see. And um, so I can understand uh, where you're coming from with that. Yeah. And I've, I've always come off as a very strong, very tough individual, but it's to mass the fact that I am actually very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard unless you know me to know where I'm coming from. But I always had a very quick wit and I could think of things on the fly. And now everything takes me so much longer, especially in moments of stress. Um, I just can't react in the same way. And it just makes me very, I have a lot of anger that I try to get through. I've been through counseling and stress therapy and all of these things but it doesn't fix the problem. It gives me tools, but it doesn't fix it. Um, The emotional side of things has just been really hard for me. And I am also dealing with a child that has been diagnosed with severe mental disorder as well at home. So trying to deal with myself and help her um, has been quite the struggle for me. So it feels like a... It's like self-perpetuating because it's like you're you're dealing with the way your body feels, the way your mood is, which then also kind of drives what's around you. And especially then if you're dealing with somebody else that's got some mood issues, it sounds like, well, now this has happened, so now I'm even right. angrier. Yeah. Well, and stress is one of the main exacerbators of our disease. Um, Right, like you can get physical symptoms from Morgan's laughing. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> from I, like you're from stress and being somebody that works in medicine, both of you, I'm sure that that. So that's a huge stressor. Um, dealing with my home mm-hmm. life with my daughter is also a huge stressor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the little things. Um, when I got diagnosed with MS, I was given um, an MS specialized neurologist to see. And I have since seen all the neurologists in that practice um, because that first MS specialized neurologist, uh, I sat down with him and the first thing he asked me was, so have you ever peed or pooped your pants? Hey, nice to meet you too. Hi, my name is Rose. This is scary. What? And so I was like, uh, one time when I was drunk driving on the freeway in a traffic jam and I couldn't get out of my car to pee. Yeah, I peed in my car. Oh, my God. Not what What? he was looking for. but Yeah, no. uh Uh-uh. And then he also told me that based on my blood work, he thought that I also had lupus in addition to my multiple sclerosis. I refused to go and try to even get diagnosed with that or proven it one way or the other. The drug that I'm on treats both. I let it leave at that. I Look, don't need another disease. Morgan, see, you're not the only one who plays <laughs> this game. And 
I quite honestly don't blame you. I've never, I have never had these kind of problems, but I do have some orthopedic issues and I put it off and yeah. I put it off and I don't want to know and I'm limping here and I'm yeah. numb there. And it's like, I just don't want the test. I don't want to know. It's enough. I feel you on um, that. Yeah. Since then, I have peed my pants a lot. I, I constantly go to the bathroom because I hope that then when I pee my pants, it's less of an amount. So I'm just going to stop for one second because the the listeners don't know that what I can see is while you're talking about peeing your pants, both Morgan and Christy are nodding in a way <laughs> that tells me that this is something yeah. universal. It's that. And so I carry extra underwear and pants with me wherever I go. What's okay. So Rose, since you're the I need to know one, why is this happening? What's the mechanism that that causes this is it so there's just <laughs> i'm not <laughs> that's one of the things that i'm not quite sure and it, and I, it just is i suffer from bouts of cystitis too that makes it feel like i have a raging uti all of a sudden out of nowhere and <sighs> then an hour later it'll be gone is this happened to you too ladies do you christy is this are these symptoms familiar to you i mean i saw you nodding but i have bladder urgency so when I, sometimes when I got to go, I got to go. I also can't always completely void my bladder. Yes. <sighs> so sometimes you're sitting there on the toilet and you're literally kind of like rocking to push <laughs> yeah. the rest of the yes. pee out of your bladder. Oh my gosh. All three of you right yeah. now are like, yes, this is yeah. what I'm doing. No, Holy you just got to wiggle it out a little bit. Yeah. And <laughs> then, you know, and then you get up and you clean yourself up and you go and you do whatever. And 10 minutes later, you're like, crap, I got to pee again. So. <sighs> yeah. And I've actually gone through the testing to see if I can completely void my bladder. Um, I had some contrast put in and, um, I cannot completely void my bladder. Okay, so for people who don't know what contrast is, um, essentially, if a doctor wants to see an area of your body on a radiograph that won't show up on a radiograph, they put in what's called contrast, um, and then it's viewable. So what did you do? Drink barium or something like that? Uh, it was or, an IV. Oh, they did IV. Okay, uh -huh. so, so they... Put it into your body, and then they monitor. They go, okay, let's take a picture. Now you go pee. Let's take another picture. And so then there was something in your bladder that they could see because you weren't able to pee it out. Right. So growing up traveling, I can pee on command like a racehorse. So it doesn't matter if I just peed. If you tell me you need urine for something, I can automatically can always pee. always do it. <laughs> so it was, okay, here you go. Pee on command. Uh, let's put in this contrast and see if it's all coming out. And you knew it wasn't going to come out, right? No. You're like, this no. is why I'm here, because so I'm telling you it's not coming out. So, yeah, that urinary Jeez. sphincter that when your brain says you need to pee, all of a sudden goes, and now you're peeing. It's like being an infant. You have no control over all of a sudden now it's coming. In addition to being able to pee on command, sometimes there's bladder shyness. And you go sit down to pee and, and you're oh. just sitting there and you're like, I know I got to pee. And then it takes a little while for it to actually start. And then you go, I know I'm not done yet. So you just And you're wiggling and there. rocking. Yeah. So oh <laughs> that's fun. So, yeah. I mean, this is kind of wild because 
you hear somebody, oh, they have multiple sclerosis. Most people have no idea what that even means. We did explain it in part one. If you Again, if you didn't listen to part one, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but it's not, you know, you go, oh, okay, so that's an autoimmune disease. So definitely where my head does not go is, well, they must be peeing their pants. Like it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> connect. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it will now. People listening are going to pour anybody who tells someone they have a mask. They're going to be like, oh, so you pee your pants. <laughs> Why is that the first question? Why is that the first question? <laughs> I mean, obviously it's common. <laughs> um, but just so we all know, I uh, caught one of these really awesome Depends commercials at a pub, and they now come with flowers and lacy patterns on them. Like, my future is getting sexier. They're so pretty. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I, I, just being a middle-aged woman, I've lost some of that urinary control. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm also interested in this product maybe in the next 10 years. I don't know. Um, okay, I, wanted, I do want to jump back, and I want to talk more. I want to hear... From yeah, Morgan, go ahead. Before we leave um, the topic of peeing, yes. <laughs> um, can, can I ask a question? Of course. What is the most embarrassing place you guys have peed your pants? Oh, okay. At the bar while getting hit on by somebody that I did find very attractive. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> Thank God for black scrubs. Oh my god. But I did leave a trail of like pee pee spots as I was trying to walk to the bathroom. Oh no. She comes back with a mop. No reason, just here. <laughs> I, just, I saw something on the floor. <laughs> oh look, I, I, I dropped a bar towel. I'm just scooting it along with my Was foot. that my beer? <laughs> oh no. Uh, all right. Christy, what do you have? Do you have an instance? I have honestly been very, very lucky thus far. Um, the only times that I've had an accident is, um, you know, trying to get home, like driving. And I'm like, I know I got to get home. I know I got to pee. I know I got to pee. And then you just kind of don't quite make it. You know, I've always been out of the car, but it's, you lose control and you're like, okay, now, and you're still running to the bathroom. <laughs> So I've been lucky that it hasn't been at any embarrassing situations for me. Morgan, clearly okay. you have one because you asked. Like flying well, through the air on a bike crash? Maybe? No, no. <laughs> no. And, you know, with, with my epilepsy, I'm definitely used to peeing my pants. Um, <laughs> like when I, when I have seizures, I pee my pants every time. Um, wow. But, uh, so my definitely my most embarrassing moment was I was in the electronics section of Target and thank God the floor was carpeted because otherwise there would have been splashing. Oh my God. But it was like my brain told me about five minutes too late that I was going to pee. And, and like Christy said, it was like, okay, and now it's happening or Rose or I, one of you said it, one of you said it. Um, <laughs> So, so what we're talking about is those signals, like those, those brain signals. I mean, we touched on that too, where like your body and your brain are not in sync. So you're thinking I'm fine. And oh, fuck, I peed and oh, I have to pee. Oh, it's already happening. (laughs) It's happening. And I had definitely been remiss because normally this is again, so sexy. I'm also single. Hey, fellas. Um, (laughs) If I don't 
I, I put myself on a, on a toilet training program basically. So every 90 minutes or so I go to the bathroom, whether or not I feel like I need to. Um, but I had totally forgotten that morning and I was just standing there in target and suddenly I'm peeing and I was wearing a dress. It, I was wearing, I was wearing boots, I was wearing cowboy boots and it just like everywhere. And then I have to like shamefully go up to the target employee and say, Hey, I'm sorry. (laughs) Wow. But, um, that's Jesus Morgan. It was in Target, like it was on the carpeted floor. So at least like a little old lady didn't slip in it or something. Like <laughs> there was like you couldn't really tell that I had just peed my pants all over well, I had just peed all, all over the floor, really. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was that was my moment. That's wild. And that was that was last year. Christy, you had something to say, I can see. What's up? Okay, so I will add to the embarrassing stories. Um, I didn't pee in public, but, um, now the truth, (laughs) the, the disease modifying therapy that I'm on, um, does cause some gastrointestinal distress. Um, so you should never trust a fart. I've definitely learned that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is true. So multiple sclerosis can come with, uh, constipation or diarrhea too. Either um, or, of course. With, why not? With Let's, drugs, right, Christy? Oh, it, it's the medication yeah, or, that's or doing it. Can, okay, right. It's the medication that's doing it, but then having having the MS is also part of it. Um, okay. You know, so the medication gives you the diarrhea, but the MS gives you less control over your sphincter. So it's mm-hmm. a combo. So that's fun. So. The next time I meet someone that has MS, what are the chances they hate me if the first thing I say to them is, how many times have you peed and pooped your pants? Uh, I fired that doctor (laughs) immediately. The thing I wanted to jump back to, because we went from anger to piss pants like that. Um, <laughs> is it one and the same? <laughs> is, it, is it one and the same? I mean, <laughs> what I wanted to hear just from both Christy and Morgan, Morgan, if you want to go first, do you, um, as far as like the emotional part of it, do you experience that same kind of anger? Or do you, is there some other manifestation of the emotionality of this disease that you are afflicted with? Um, well, I have to say, like, I also have major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety, and P- PTSD. Oh, that's my combo, um, too. Yeah, right? Such a, <laughs> like, I told, like I told you, I dabble in <laughs> mental health diagnoses as well. Uh-huh. Um, thanks, mom and dad. Uh, <laughs> Ag- yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, like, it's very hard to tell where the symptoms from my mental illness end and where the MS would begin. But I definitely like, I have, I guess not anger so much because I have stuffed that all down inside. Um, 
<laughs> but definitely sadness and like and not just like sadness sadness but to the point where like three days in a row I didn't get off the couch once oh yeah I've been there yeah I I know what that's like that's the kind of sadness that you it's it's the same usage of the sort of general use of the word anxiety, right? If you say I'm sad or you mm-hmm. say I'm anxious, people go, oh, I know what that means. I've been anxious or I've been sad. But when you're speaking through the lens of mental illness, anxiety and sadness are not like a little thing that happens every once in a while. It's a state of mind that you can become trapped in. Um, and yeah. I've, I've been there unable to get off the couch as well. Um so, yeah, I, I will say my mood definitely gets worse when my symptoms are like if I'm in a relapse. Um, I definitely I get way more frustrated, way easier. Um, yeah, it's they, there's definitely this thing where it's it's a vicious cycle. It just all kind of feeds off of each other and then makes it worse. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, And that's what it it sounded like for you too, Rose, that it just kind of spins out of control sort of thing. I don't have a lot of people in my life. I I, I have a problem relying on other people or asking for help or saying, hey, I feel this way. And that's something on me. Thanks, Mom. I can't share my feelings. (laughs) I mean, Um, so many of us deal with um, that. And that's something I'm continually working on. But because of that, it, I compartmentalize everything, and then that pushes that anger forward even more. And I don't want to be mean to people. I don't want to come off as somebody that other people need to be warned about. I don't look for that at all. Yeah. But, yeah, that sadness. Working ERs on Graveyard, what do you do on your days off? I didn't get out of bed. Yeah. 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 It's Christy. What about you as far as the mood? I know you did, you touched on it a little bit uh, of being kind of in a roller coaster, at least early on. Um, do you notice that you have things now that affect your mood more? Does it, does it give you any kind of symptoms that we've been talking about? In general, my mood is pretty even. <clears throat> um, I can remember... It, generally, it, it I'm fine normally, um, but if I have something happen because of the disease, then sometimes that'll it's frustrating and it's sad. Um, like Caleb and I, my husband and I went to the Renaissance Festival one day and met up with a couple of his friends, and I also had friends there, so I hung out with him and his friends for a little while, and then I went to my friends, and then we were going to meet up again. So he said, okay, we're at this bar. So I went to that bar at the Renaissance festival. And when I got there, they hadn't gotten there yet. And he said, well, you know, we got sidetracked. So now we're here. And I'm like, I just walked up a hill on a hot day. It's crowded. I can't move. I can't come and meet you. You said to be here. I have to be here. And by the time he got there, I was in tears because I was very frustrated that I couldn't be a normal person and just go meet him at the other place. Um, and then, you know, so that kind of ruined the day and he, you know, was wonderful and put his arm around me and took me home and took care of me for the rest of the day. So for most days I'm totally fine. 
But if something happens because of the disease, then it can get very sad and frustrating. Mm -hmm. So you just said something that is a super segue into the next thing I was wanted to ask about, which is hot and cold uh, weather, temperature. So who wants to start uh, explaining that? Okay. So for me, on very, very cold days, um, my right side of my body becomes weak and I limp. Um, other than that, the cold doesn't bother me too much. Um, on very, very hot days, um, I'll start to limp as well. My toes and my fingers will randomly feel like they're burning or numb. Um, and the worst is when I get too hot, my vision starts to get wonky is the best word I can come up with it for it because it's not necessarily double vision. It's just kind of weird. So it's better for me to look down than further away. Um, and then if I have a day where I'm in the heat for way too long and I overdo it, then I get fatigued for a couple of weeks. And when people think fatigue, they go, oh, I know what it is to be really tired. But you don't unless you've experienced real fatigue. Okay. Same. I mean, just like we were talking about before, it's the same with the words anxiety and depression and fatigue. Like it, they, they mean something exactly. else to somebody who has a chronic issue. It. Yeah. So, um, Morgan, tell me about temperature and how it affects you. I'm very, very heat sensitive. Um, and it's just like my body. I, it's, it's hard to describe. It's like my body throws a temper tantrum when I get too hot and it's, um, I'll feel like my entire body is on fire. It's like a, like, it's almost like a hot flash on steroids. Um, but it's not just like in the core it's, um, you know, it, for me, it, it kind of starts in my chest face area, but then it'll spread out. and. Um, that's like, once I start feeling like the hot, the hot, I call it a hot flash. <laughs> once I feel it start spreading, like that's when I know I have to take a pause. I need to cool myself down. Um, and that's that I do. Um, cold isn't so bad. Um, probably because I'm well insulated. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I'm sturdy. I'm, I'm a Northern breed. So I'm, I'm meant for the long winters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's both, both my legs struggle when it's really cold, but other than that, it's mostly heat sensitivity. Is that, so is that three for three Rose? Is it heat yeah, that gets I you actually, too? I actually, a couple of years before I got diagnosed with MS, I was hitting hot yoga and I could not figure out why every time I got out of the hot yoga, I would vomit profusely and feel oh, no. really dizzy and then also feel like I needed to eat like 16 cheeseburgers. I can imagine the um, like it was just this really weird feeling. I can imagine the Seattle yoga scene being like, "Oh, good sash. Look, she's releasing oh. the toxins." Oh yeah, no. <laughs> um and so yeah, very <laughs> I did good. Um when I talked to the yogis about it, and I was like, "Hey, like I'm taking my my, you know, hydration supplements and all of these things and 
they said, um, I think there might be something wrong with you. <laughs> I, think, I think you shouldn't be doing this. So oh, I no. stopped doing it. But yeah, as weather's starting to change, I definitely felt it being a little bit warmer this last weekend and trying to move um, that I just felt fatigued really fast and then nauseous. The heat definitely makes me feel sick um, and, you know, just real dumpy. It's 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 like a weird clammy feeling. I'm not sweating, but my body definitely reacts to it. For cold, it's fine. I can put on more layers. I also have this extra padding going on too that just helps me out. But thermoregulating is not easy. Does anybody know why? No. What the mechanism is behind that? Yeah, I interesting. Don't. I mean, but I'm going to have to look it up. For me, for me, if I get overheated, it's very, very hard to come down from that and to to get my body to cool down. So I have yeah. to be really careful not to let myself overheat because once you're there, it's very, very difficult. Um, one of the things that I've started doing in the summertime is, you know, those um, medical ice packs that you pop them to activate them. <clears throat> I keep them in my purse. Mm-hmm. And then if I over, if I start to get too warm, I'll pop one and put it on my, you know, neck, on the veins on my neck or on my wrists. And that helps to cool my body quicker. So I keep those in my purse all summer long. Wow. They actually make a cooling vest for people with MS. It's super sexy. It looks like a fisherman's vest and it's full of ice packs. Here's the kicker Ooh. on this though. I actually ordered one because they fit bottles so you could be oh, your, your own beer cooler <laughs> <laughs> you can you are a traveling vest wearing super sexy beer cooler I mean, i'm into it yeah that's a look <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i need this for camping yeah, right? yeah that does yeah. sound like yeah that's yeah. true <laughs> Um, so let's talk a little bit about your therapies, um, the non-fun DMT and other, (laughs) (laughs) and other, uh, medications because you're not always taking the same thing. There's a lot of experimental stuff. There's a lot of changing of medication, if I'm correct about that, um, Let's see, Rose, What when you started, because you have quite a complicated case, and you've been a part of m- more than one study. Is that correct? Um, yeah. So I started out with it. They handed me a bunch of different pamphlets of different drugs and said, like, choose your poison. I got to choose the yeah. drug that I was getting. I remember that happened with Christy as well. Yeah. I was there for that. And I recall you being like, well, I have this option and this option. I'm thinking, yeah. well, isn't it a great time to have MS? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's what they tell me. So I started off with a medication that my dad is taking because I was like, well, we share some genetics. He's on it. I could be on it. It didn't work. I switched to... Um, a drug that with an auto injector pen at home that you put into the muscle. I switched to another drug. Nothing was working. I went through four drugs and then I got offered this drug therapy study. And they're like, we've had really good results. Do you want to try it out? And it's free. We actually pay you. Like, so I was like, okay. Well, that's part. I mean, you should be compensated in some way yeah, because you're offering up. A- your body as as an experiment, essentially. Yeah. 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 
Um, I've been on that drug therapy, um, which is ocrelizumab, um, also known as oh, Ocrevis now. Oh, you too? Yeah, well, really? you just okay. started. We, we talked the same DMT. Yeah, yeah we yeah. talked about that. Um, okay. So I was one of the flagship guinea pigs for it, and I'm a little bit of like the gold star kid. They were always so happy with my progress because I started out with 70-plus enhancing lesions in my brain, so over Oof. 70 active lesions. And since that, wow. uh, my last MRI had um, less than 20 so as a so as a layman, when you say seventy, should I be shocked? Is that's that a lot? Okay, I mean because it sounds like a lot, but if you don't know, yeah. So okay, so seventy is a lot, yeah, and they and got you down large. to twenty, and they mm-hmm. so um, the size of the lesion would correlate to the severity of the symptom. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm sure there's other parts of the brain that even a very small lesion can have a big impact, uh-huh. but. That was kind of my knowledge base for it. And actually, at this time, I had, like, nothing new enhancing, nothing active at this time. Um, But there is some that still uptook that contrast media saying, hey, we're still here and hadn't become scar tissue yet. Right. And we mentioned contrast before. And in this case, they put it in the brain so that they can see the size and shape of the lesions. Yes. So um, with that drug therapy... um, what I would do is go in and I'd get a pregnancy test and a blood test and take Tylenol, Benadryl, a dose of steroids, and then get the infusion. So I'd spend about eight hours of my day getting this infusion. Um, Just chilling in the hospital. Chilling in the hospital. And then I'd Posting go on Facebook. I know. Because yes, I've seen yes. it. Yes. Uh, photo shoots. Gotta do your photo I mean, shoots. honestly, I should post some on the page um, for you guys listening. Rose has like an ongoing art series, essentially, of Sick her. Sick is the new sexy. Yeah, and their pictures are kind of amazing. <laughs> and they come from having to be trapped in this hospital for eight hours. Um, it's funny. Um, I actually. I took one inspired by Rose the last time I got an MRI. <laughs> Did you? I'm so happy to hear that because I freaking love them. And you know what? I will. If you want, I'll post them or I'll put them on Instagram or something because they're really great. It's like, um, you know, my favorite are your, uh, I don't, the way you take a gown and turn it into like, couture wear is essentially <laughs> so what, i love them what is those gowns are actually thank <laughs> you those gowns are actually for the mri because i'm part of a study everything has to be exactly the same each time i have to wear the pounce the the gown itself and the the robe, robe that part, goes with yeah. it yeah um i'm allowed to keep on my underwear and my socks but that's it and then when I get put into the MRI, they put my head in a cage and position it the exact same way every time. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um, but, you know, so t- sometimes you have to awful. wear the gown. Yeah. 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 Wear the gown how you see fit and walk out to your MRI technician and say, I'm ready. <laughs> I freaking love it. So, I love it. <laughs> because I'm off the study now, it has closed um, and the drug is on the market. Um the MRI technician was like, I will miss you. <laughs> you know.
So uh, the drug that you're both on, is that the one that was the trial? So you were the trial and now Morgan, you are taking it. Yeah, it's, it's my first, or sorry, it's my fourth um, disease modifying treatment. And um, I started with uh, beta interferon. Um, and Christy, you were mentioning, um, I think last episode, um, the camp or maybe it was Rose brain fog, another MS symptom. Um, uh, Oh, chemo. chemo. Yeah. Yeah. It was Rose mentioned chemo. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I was actually on a drug called metazantrone for a little while because my symptoms were getting aggressively worse. And um, the mitoxantrone knocked that right down, but um, it is incredibly bad for your heart to keep taking that drug. It's risky. And so my neurologist switched um, to rituximab, I think. Yeah, I can't remember. Rituxin, yeah. And then I am on, now I'm on Ocrevus. And I did, so I, um, I had my initial infusion and then I had a second one, like, I want to say like a little over two weeks later. And now I am on, um, monthly infusions and it's the same. I take, um, they give me a shot of, uh, steroids. They give me a shot of Benadryl and, um, I take some Pepsid. So for people who don't have a medical background, you tell me that's what you're taking steroids and Benadryl and um, a Pepsid. So these infusions, I'm guessing, have the chance to cause gastrointestinal issues and potentially anaphylaxis? The the Pepsid um, actually does inhibit histamine as well. That's right. So that's right. The, yeah. the Pepsid is in conjunction with the Benadryl to to hopefully protect against the allergic reaction. Okay. So, um, I, so why are these infusions causing anaphylaxis then? What's the... So what Ocrevus does is it kills your mature B lymphocytes. Which is what is so it killing is, your myelin and sheath. Since, yeah, and okay. since it's attacking your white blood cells, your mast cells may go, wait, this intruder, let's cause a histamine response in order to block it. Okay. So we need to get those out of the way. So when you're on a monthly infusion, does that mean that you're not taking daily medication? You you show up, you get your thing, it's good for a month? Mine's good for every Uh, six months. Six months? Every six months, yeah. Oh, okay. That's really interesting. So, Christy, I recall when you first started and and you had your MS medication menu that you got to choose from, you were doing injections like uh, Rose mentioned earlier. That's how you started. What's been your progression with uh, your medication journey? Yeah, I started on Copaxone, which was at the time a daily injection. Um, You had to do your arms, your upper arms, your upper thighs, your upper rear butt, basically, lower back, upper butt, um, and then your stomach. So you had to rotate every day. You had to do it in a different place. Um, Then I got what they kind of call needle fatigue. Like I could still do the shots, but I just dreaded it. So they switched me to um, three times a week. Go back some. Oh, hey, uh, IVF over here. Same. Yeah. So you understand. I, I feel you on the needle fatigue. I know what that's like to be constantly giving yourself injections. It's fucking obnoxious, really. Yeah. 
So I switched to three times a week instead of every day um, because they came out with a new version of it. Um, And then I had an MRI and my doctor called me and she said, "Um, you do have a new lesion. It's small, but it's there. So it's time to switch your meds. So then I started taking a pill twice a day. um, And that was called Tecfidera. And I've been on that for the last couple of years. But Tecfidera just went generic, which means that there's no longer any copay assistance for the name brand. The generic, and I've been paying zero, zero dollars for all of my medicine. Um, So to get the name brand would be $5,000 a month. Oh, well, totally fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, when I got the, when I got my very first notice for my very first Copaxone, it was a three month supply and it was $12,000 and I almost vomited. Um, so anyway, the generic tech Federa is now $250 a month. And I said, well, that's too much too. So I've switched to a new drug called Vumerity. Um, it's made by the same company that makes the tech Federa. It's a very similar drug, but I take two pills twice a day instead of one pill twice a day. Um, it's supposed to have less gastrointestinal issues. Um, and there's also another very common symptom, uh, or not symptom, side effect from the medication is flushing, where you just you turn bright red in your body, like your skin like itches and burns, and you get really, really hot. Um, it's like a hot flash on steroids. Um, so that's supposed to be less with the Vumerity as well. And I don't have the, the, the flushes very often, so that doesn't bother me. I get them once in a while, but. Does anybody want to talk about what are some of the symptoms that you're trading for side effects? So, you know, you're, you're taking your pills or you're getting your infusions so that you have less MS side effects, but what is it? What is it causing? Do you do you have any negative effects from those things? I feel really dumpy for a week after getting the ocrelizumab infusion. Um, I think part of that has to do with the steroids wearing off. I'm just kind of tired. Um, but And I have hair loss. I take uh, a ton of biotin to try, help prevent that. And so I keep my hair short as well because it's less noticeable. Um, other than that, I don't, um, it takes longer for my body to heal. If I get a cut, if I get a bruise, I don't get sick more often being immunosuppressed. Um, like the common colds, the common cold for me. Um, but the symptoms that I had when I started taking this drug, they're gone and they were horrible. I couldn't even walk unassisted because I was so vestibular and wanted my body just wanted to fall over all the time. Um, yeah, it's definitely the risk out is so minimal for me. The benefits are great. So, Morgan, have you noticed there is a is a trade off with your? Do you have the same after infusion because you're on the same drug? Do you oh, notice yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like garbage. Um, it's it's kind of a brutal. Like the two days after my infusions, um, like. When I get home, I'll start to feel a little punky, but then like the next two days, those are my couch days. I call them potato days. Um, <laughs> when when I need to take care of myself, I call it a potato day. I'm like, hey, y'all, I just, I need a potato day. Leave uh, me alone. 
I'm going to adopt I'm gonna that. I'm going to take him. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, oh, I'm just going to take it. that for like my introvert days. Just, I'm a potato. <laughs> don't, a, uh, don't, potato don't bother right me. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just, I time my infusions, um, my current schedule, thank goodness, working, working as a nurse has really, um, been kind of a blessing because first it pays a living wage, which is great, but, um, it, I have a stretch of five days off. And so if I need to get an infusion, um, I can time it to where I get it on my Friday, which is actually well, no, I get it on my, I, I work night shift. It's very confusing. That's okay. <laughs> I, get it, I, I go in on Tuesdays. I get off, I get off work, um, Tuesday morning at seven 30 and then I'll get my infusion on a Tuesday. And then by the next Sunday, when I have to be back, um, I'm usually back to it. Usually not always. I do the same schedule. I work Tuesday through Wednesday at the clinic. So I get my infusion Thursday. And then I bartend on the weekend, but that's nowhere near as stressful. And I can also call out from that really easily. Yeah, but can we talk for a second about how the, like, natural sort of time off in your schedule that you're supposed to have, you need to use strategically to get life-saving medication and then sleep for three days? It just feels like I'm glad that you guys have that option, but it also feels like I wish there was some way that you could have these treatments and not have to use your days off strategically to do that. Well, I kind of, I kind of look at it as everybody has something. Um, Okay. I mean, that's fair. You know, every, everybody has their shit that they have to carry around and deal with. And, you know, for folks like us, we have invisible diseases um, or sometimes visible when you pee your pants in Target. And <laughs> it's, this is just what I have to carry around. And, um, I can still, you know, it's every six months. Um, I'm not usually an optimist. I'm a little bit more of a realist or, um, poly pessimist. So I actually feel really good, um, about the treatment that I'm on and, even that one stretch of days where I feel really shitty, like I can still, at this point, I can still ride my bike. I'm looking at getting training wheels because they keep crashing. Oh my God. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, can, I can still ride my bike. Um, and I can still do the things that I love. Um, like I'm learning how to weld a little bit better. I, I do know how to um, do what's called MIG welding. Um, but I'm learning a lot more about metalwork right now. And, you know, I, I'm still very active and the, the medication really helps, helps me do that. And I'll, I'll take it for as long as I can get it. Yeah. I, this drug, um, so before insurance, ocrelizumab or ocrevus is about $64,000 a year. I don't have insurance. Hey. Um, So (laughs) now that I'm off the research for it, there's actually a new research program. Same drug, different route of administration. They're testing it sub-Q to be given at home. Oh, yeah. I have a friend in that trial. So that's my next step. I'll get another five years of free medication. Yeah. Nice. I I mean, that's great. But then again... 
what that implies is (laughs) kind of rough that you can't just have insurance and get medication. You have to literally, you, you have to offer up your body for experiment to get it. There's something that kind of sticks in my craw about that. But I'm happy that you're getting it clearly. Yeah. Insurance is a whole different story. Yeah. yeah. And I I do have insurance through work and I work at a hospital. You would think my insurance would be a little bit better, but it's better than a lot of people's. Um, so to get my insurance to actually cover the Ocrevus, I had to demonstrate to them and provide paper documentation that I had failed all the other therapies. Um, and so now that I've to gone the insurance through, company, what you, yes. you mean, you had to yeah. say like, I, so you had to prove you, you need it. I had to prove I was more, sick enough. More, oh, Jesus. And it, it, just the word of your doctor wasn't enough. You had to get, provide all of that oh, kind of stuff. Oh no. Um, shout out to Dr. Cooper. Um, fabulous neurologist. Uh, he he has gotten me so dialed in on my medications. It's wonderful. Um, he's smart. He knew exactly what I needed. And the insurance company put a huge fucking barrier in the way. And that pisses me off. Um, and I have good insurance. You should have like so. peed in their lobby or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, Look what you're doing to me. Invisible disease. <laughs> prove that you're not just crazy. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's you've, you've given me an idea now. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, that's what's going to happen. One other thing I want to touch on before we before we finish the podcast is just your day to day. What is it like for you? I know you like you you have your medication. It it helps with symptoms. Hopefully, it's helping with your lesions. That's why you're getting MRIs. But those silent things. What are the the little things that stick with each of you that you just have to deal with every single day? Let's start with Christy. I have what I would describe as restless leg syndrome, but all over my body. So I'm always moving, fidgeting, feeling the need to just stretch constantly. Um, So that's something that I deal with on a daily basis. Um, And then just making sure that I don't overdo it and making sure that I don't overheat. I, I think about the fact that I have MS every day. Um, I'm very lucky because my disease is not really that bad right now. Um, But I still have to be aware of it every single day to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and that I'm listening to my body. Um, Like I, when I went on a cruise with my mother and my sister, I was going to bed pretty early and they're like, no, come on party. And I'm like, my body is tired. You can stay and party but I have to go back to the room and sleep because my body is telling me that that's what I need. So for me, it's all about listening to what my body needs. So like a constant awareness is what you have to have. Morgan, does that sound familiar? Definitely. And you know, Christy, you mentioned something that I do all of that. Like I'm constantly stretching, like 
spreading my arms out behind my head, like popping my shoulders, my back. It's like, I'm in constant pain, um, is really kind of the biggie for me. Um, and so having that little bit of movement, um, and stretching and, and things like that doing, um, I have physical therapy exercises that I do every day. Um, that that's kind of something that's always happening in the background. Um, and then my, my bladder issues have gotten substantially worse in the last like year to two years. So that's, um, that's, that's a biggie. And that's why I go to the bathroom every 90 minutes, whether or not I need to. So Rose, do you, does that stretching thing? So I do what's called bed yoga. I don't even get out of my bed without full stretches all this way and that way. If I wake up late and I have to pop out of bed and I don't get my bed yoga time, I have to find a way to incorporate it in later. Um, Even when I'm in the OR, I use, oh, bending over to turn over my, turn on my Doppler or reaching for this. I use it all. Oh, you just in like yoga positions. Okay. Yeah. I have to do it all day long as well. Um, and the urination thing. <laughs> I like, I want to go stay at this and like vintage hotel. It's an amazing space. It's got all this historical significance. Oh my God. It's one bathroom down the hall for all the rooms. I can't do that. I need to be able to get into the bathroom when I need to get into the bathroom. So it's it's limiting. How far am I from a bathroom? I always pee when I get somewhere, pee when I leave some or before I leave. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. And I always have to add a stress therapist that said every time you wash your hands, give yourself a compliment. And some days I forget huh. that. And it can be anything, but I have to remind myself that I am doing okay and that I need to speak with intention and purpose and care. And so I have to constantly go through these exercises every day to make sure that I'm coming off the way I want to. So what is something that you would want people who don't have MS? That's something clearly we haven't gone over. But if you know someone with MS, like what are things that you would like people to remember? Ask questions about the disease if you if you were to know someone. Yeah, or if you're noticing something different or mm. anything, just you know, where are you at? Did you mean to talk like that? Um, is I was trying to save a life and I was doing hand compressions on a neonate kitten, and somebody walked up and said, "Can I take over for you? I know your hands have been bothering you." Ask questions. Are you okay? Like, you know, it's helpful because I don't have somebody at home to help me either. So it's nice. Uh, Morgan, what would you want people to know about somebody who is living with MS, this silent disease? It falls into that category, which we've mentioned a few times. So I'm going to I'm going to get a little soapboxy here, but okay. um, just in general, people shouldn't be ableist fucks. Yeah. <laughs> like I I get really frustrated. Um I did home care um for a woman um who is completely reliant on a wheelchair and so like her her disease is very visible. Mine is not, but we're both affected by ableism in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um to the degree that like 
when people stop inviting you to things because they just assume you can't do it. Like, don't, don't make that assumption for me. Give, give me the autonomy of choice. Thank you. Um, that yeah. resonates with you, Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, just like give everybody some grace, not just me, not just, you know, people with MS in general, show some grace, show some kindness. Don't, um, don't, uh, I don't know. Don't be a prick. Don't be an asshole. That's, <laughs> that's <really> excellent <laughs> advice. <laughs> um, and just, just recognize that everybody out there is fighting some sort of battle. Some are physical, some are mental. And, um, you know, we're, we're people too. We're people, um, with hopes and dreams and all that good stuff. So don't discount us. Don't make assumptions about, about what we can't do. Christy, uh, how do you feel about that? What, what they said, is there, do you, does that resonate with you as well? Like the, like not getting invited to something or somebody assuming that you just can't or won't? Not for me. Um, I feel like I still get all the invites. Um, but people have to understand that if we cancel last minute, it's not because we're being a dick. It's because we have to listen to our bodies. Um, mm-hmm. But we want to keep being invited. You know, we might we might not be able to attend nine out of ten times, but we do want to keep being invited to things um, because that one out of ten really means a lot to us. Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing is yeah. that I'm going to listen to my body and I want you to be understanding of that. And not try to push me any further. You know, if I say I can't do that, then I can't do that. And it's not because I'm just being a negative Nancy. It's because my body doesn't want to do any more. You know, yeah. it's really, it's it's interesting to hear what you guys are saying because I'm so, I, f- I feel you and I don't have MS and I'm wondering like this advice, it feels really universal because like you say, Morgan, that everybody is is going through something and the inviting thing, um, <laughs> I get around that by being the one who throws the parties <laughs> so, <laughs> so that I don't have to worry about being invited. Um, but I have had the same experience where I just couldn't bring myself to to go outside the house. And a lot of that, it's not <clears throat> physical. It's not like MS. It's, it's mental. It's anxiety or it's depression. Or, you know, I've gone through times where I've been supposed to go to a party and I've put on literally everything in my closet. And every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, you're just gross. You're just an awful person and you shouldn't even leave the house. And canceled on people and I've lost friends that way. Um, and so hearing you say that it it makes me realize how much i i also have to listen to my body cuz the brain is your body mental illness is physical in you know in that way um and i think it's good advice for everyone like you say everybody has some issue and listening to yourself and not pushing yourself uh into situations that are not going to end well is a lesson we could all learn. It's definitely something I've had to learn. And it's unfortunate when you lose people that way. Um, but yet yeah, it, it happens. Um, so I can relate to that. And I think that's really great advice for everyone. Yeah. Literally everybody should be listening to their body. We are just ahead of the curve because we've been, our hands have been forced. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's really, yeah, that's a reasonable. Yeah. And 
with educating yourself about MS and then the people that have it because it is such an individual disease, my symptoms are not the symptoms of the person next to me. When I walk into the MS center and it's a bunch of elderly humans with in their wheelchairs with their assistants and caregivers and they're they're like, why are you here? It's like, I have the same disease. We're just on different levels of it. And it's being diagnosed earlier now. And, you know, um, but it's learning how to help the people and understanding and not putting them in a box of, I know MS. Oh, but you can walk. So it's not bad for you. (laughs) It's not just one thing. Or um, one of the things I pride myself in because muscle weakness can be such a big symptom is that I can still lift really heavy things. And so when I go to pick stuff up and people are like, oh no, let's get one of the boys or let's get somebody else to do it. I'm like, please let me do what my body still allows me. So it's finding the right ways to help people. It's that good communication and the good education on it too. So it sounds like don't baby me, but don't ignore me as well. And then it's kind of the message day, I feel like I'm yeah. getting here. Yeah, it goes back. Is that forth. right? Yeah. One sure. day, if you can't, you can't. Yeah. But the rest of the, the days that you can, you can. Well, I think that's really good advice for for somebody who is either suffering from a, a chronic disease or somebody who knows a person or works with someone um, that just being kind of accepting of people's limits as they describe them, I feel like, is a healthy habit. We'd probably all be better off for that. Yes, Rose yeah. is nodding. I want everyone to know Rose is agreeing with me silently. <laughs> 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 um, which, you know, it's a podcast, Rose. Speak up. No, I just, I was, I was going through your words in my head thinking yeah. that's the way to say it. Because right. I'm like yeah. fumbling over how to choose the right words for it. Yeah, you know, being somebody that has mental illness as opposed to physical, it, it feels the same where it's hard to describe. It's hard to tell people what you're going through if they have never experienced it. And sometimes it can feel like an impossibility. So I'm hoping this podcast will help some people understand uh, the trials and tribulations of of others. Um, It's so easy to get lost in yourself. um, And it's so easy to get frustrated with just life in general and not take the time to care for yourself or to give someone else the space that they need. Um, Which is, you know, a life battle probably for, well, anybody who has empathy and gives a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um. One and and this is a little cheesy, but one of the things that I've started to do to keep myself in a more positive mind frame is every day I look for three good things. And then every morning while I'm having my first cup of coffee, I reflect on the day before and I write what my, what my three good things were from the day before. And it could be as simple as I saw a butterfly. You know, I got out of bed. I had a nice cup of coffee. I just think that it's important for, especially for anyone with, you know, a disease, whether it be physical or mental, to try to find the good in the day. And it's changed my outlook on things. Yeah. And you post them on Facebook every day, too. So everyone can know what your three good things are. I get in there sometimes because we had like a phone conversation. I make the top three. It's awesome. I love your three good things. And also, I need to come to your house 
and eat some food that you make because that's insane. Um, honestly, yeah. So here's a newsflash. Christy is a chef, and I was convincing her, like training her to go and audition for um, – well, fuck. What's the Gordon Ramsay show? No, I can't remember. Master Chef. Yes. Master Chef. Yeah. So this is my grand plan, and yes. Yeah, so we've gone completely off the rails now, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so I ha- I'm obsessed with Gordon Ramsay, and I'm trying to use Christy to meet him. <laughs> I want her. <laughs> I want. I want her to go on the show, and then you know, when you get a certain way, you get to like call a friend. It, going to be me. I'm going to go on the show and I'm going to meet him. And that's the plan. Um, well, it was before COVID hit. I was I was planning. I made her start watching the show. I am gonna was going to fly out there and give her like a mystery basket and make her cook it in 30 minutes. Like we're going to do drills and then fucking COVID hit and the, everything just went to shit. <laughs> I mean, this I, is a very so well-developed much. plan. She's learned but you've been so watching, much, right? Though. Yeah. Yep. I've, I watched the whole, all the show. Um, I can make pasta by hand now. I've mm-hmm. made pie crusts by hand. I could do that in my sleep. Um, you know, I've, I've really been trying the things that I never thought that I would try. I've made a souffle, you know, like just all these different things that I know that you have to really know to be on the show. Um, so I've, yeah, it's, it's, even though I probably won't continue with, Pursuing MasterChef. No, you're going to be on the show. Um, and here's <laughs> no, you're, no, you're going to be on the show. And here's here's how we're going to tie this back in because I actually remember the conversation when I started pushing you to do this because I came up with this plan, and I told her, I don't know if you remember this, Christy, but I remember saying, "Look, you're going to get on the show. Oh, I remember. You're hilarious. You're a great. You're a great chef, and you have MS. And TV loves that shit. Yes." <laughs> 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 and she was like, oh, yeah, actually. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I was like, this is happening. So that's the master plan. Gotta Mark my a, words. You've got to have a dramatic backstory. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You do. A parent with MS and all kinds of other things going on got my daughter a free ride to UW. Well, fuck, They even pay great. her housing. Nice. She, she's like, Excellent. I wrote about you. Nice. That's like, good. Oh, she like wrote. <laughs> she and that's wrote her how essays, got- like her intrinsic, like letters for about, about me that. well that's amazing see see all the positive things her daughter went to college i'm gonna meet gordon ramsay it's all <laughs> it's all coming together <laughs> i peed my pants in target and i peed my pants while flirting with a guy and by the way for the record for the record that was my first beer i had just got there he approached me, <laughs> and you were like, "This was not a oh well." She was drunk and drinking, Mm-mm. and she beat her. No, he did make me nervous. Oh my god! <laughs> but the pee shouldn't have happened. What's up, Christy? I see you. I just want to say I do use the bladder thing to to pre board airplanes. <gasps> oh, oh! I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> oh yeah, I go right up. I I like to fly southwest, so I go right up to the the little desk and I say, you know, I, I'd like to pre-board. I have a mess. I need to be close to the bathroom. And they, they've cut me off and they've been like, you don't even have to tell us. They don't have the right to ask for any proof. That would be illegal. But I do have my medicine medicine with me and my handicap placard and my little cards that go with my handicap placard. Um, 
but yeah, I use it to pre-board and you can take one person with you to pre-board. So I get to sit in like the only people who board before me. Yeah. The only people who board before me are wheelchair bound or people with animals. That's really interesting. Well, there you go. I mean, you have to find the perks. Morgan. I'm so glad I met you, Christine. (laughs) (laughs) You got to find, I mean, if you're going to have to, like, you have to have a disease, you might as well find the perks. Well, there's so many times that I'm stuck there going like, uh, and when do we get in the air and I can actually go to the bathroom? And yeah. Look at this. We're getting vaccinated and you can get on the plane early. It's a whole new world for you, Rose. You got to go on a trip. (laughs) I have trips planned. I do have trips planned. (laughs) All right, ladies. Um, Thank you so much. This has been really amazing and uh, informative and awesome. And uh, it's great. So I don't know. Say bye. Thank you, Lacey. Bye. Bye. Join me next week when I talk to my cousin, Dr. Henry, from the School of the Environment at Washington State University. I've got bad news, folks. Some of our forests are dying. We'll talk about why it's happening and why we should care, plus a little bit about our grandparents. ZSF the Podcast is a Space Bear Media production. Executive produced by Lacey J. Sound engineering and original music by Benjamin Trample. You can find Space Bear Media on most major podcast apps and reach us at spacebearmedia email at gmail.com or on Instagram at spacebearmedia or Twitter at spacebear underscore media. To get every episode of ZSF the podcast, go to patreon.com slash zero shame force. The views of our guests are not necessarily the views of ZSF the podcast. We're just here to give you a voice. 